0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode
1: of Chapter Brothers.
0: My name is Nick Ackerman.
1: And my name is Kevin Ackerman. All
0: right. Today, we're going to continue on with the way station, starting with um, Section 3. We're going to hear uh, Jake was just uh, hypnotized by the cool movement of the uh, bullet across the gunslinger's fingers. hmm And uh, Section 2 ended with Where Are You?
1: hmm
0: get
1: into it. Indeed. So, Jake starts off, he is basically kind of what seems like a typical 11-year-old's life more or less. He's uh, starting his day, got his book bag, got his school books in there, a lunch that the uh, Mrs. Greta Shaw, who in the new version he's referenced multiple times, made for him. A little sad that it seems like his housekeeper appears to be his best friend. Um goes into some exposition of what jake's life was like we've got the piper school uh which was actually added in the new version that you don't find out what the name of his school is and uh at least i don't think you do because no, th-
0: yeah, the-
1: yeah in the original in the it just version, says the school yeah
0: the school yeah um looks like there's a bit of racism there with, uh, indeed
1: like, it's it's private nice and most of all white uh so totally yeah <laughs> yeah i forget if it says what year it is here but hmm. i may be uh, thinking ahead says, to later uh, books
0: yeah at one point it says uh there was a, a kiss song on the radio
1: true so, okay
0: at least after the late 70s it's probably present day for stephen king at the time this was
1: 1980, right? The way station? Yes. Yeah. The year of one? Exactly. <laughs> so, we'll see. Um, so, yeah. Basically, you know, kind of goes into what his life and his family situation is like. We see that his father apparently works for The Network. Uh, and his mother is... Let's see. Yeah. Hmm. Starts off by saying his mother reads uh, historical novels, uh, quote unquote, bodice <laughs> rippers. Um, but, yeah, sounds, his mother. Sounds
0: like books with uh, Fabio on the cover. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Jake doesn't know that he hates all professional people, but he does. People have always bewildered him. He likes stairs and will not use the ser- self service elevator in his building. His mother, who is scrawny in a sexy way, often goes to bed with sick friends. What a, a very weird non sequitur there! I gotta say, hmm. mildly uh, edible. But yeah,
0: so, uh, so I guess uh, she's cheating on her husband or something.
1: It seems Sick like friends. yeah,
0: yeah. Sick friends probably drunk. I'm guessing.
1: Hmm, could be.
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: yeah, we got a, a couple of other additions here. Um, I love this part where it says uh, Jake could, and Jake could pick him out of a lineup. Probably, but in <laughs> in the new version it says uh, could pick him out of a lineup of skinny men with haircuts, uh, with crew cuts, just to kind of give us a little bit more of a visual idea of what Jake's father looks like, uh, and also uh, an addition. Uh, his father sometimes talk about people at the network who are doing too much Coca-Cola. Uh, statement accompanied by a humorless grin and a quick little sniff of the thumbnail. So, right, they're doing and, exactly
0: yeah well and so the point is that uh, Jake Chambers is pretty much a neglected child and it's a pretty sad life
1: exactly but neglected in like the too much money kind of way not in the too little money kind of way so Mm -hmm. definitely
0: Yeah. he has all he needs um, except for it seems love
1: yeah Mm, or almost any of his parents attention yeah Uh, let's see talks about uh, you
0: know Greta Shaw is probably you know paid to to give him attention so exactly
1: which is why it does seem like there's this line that Greta Shaw doesn't seem willing to cross more or less where it seems like you know she'll make his food she'll talk to him a little bit Uh, I think they say that he goes to the movies with her but it doesn't seem like she's really willing to actually give him that kind of actual love and affection that he really needs like i think feel like the most she's willing to do is maybe give him a hug but it definitely doesn't seem like she's a they've got a i love you kind of relationship
0: you think maybe she's like a an immigrant maybe Um, some sort of scandinavian name you think
1: Mm -hmm. i mean it just seemed like a like an old school name to me but i mean could be i didn't imagine her that way but you know your, your imagination go nuts okay. um
0: <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't really matter but, <laughs>
1: but yeah to
0: paint a picture in my head of, of this woman kind of reminds me of um i don't know if you watch the show the marvelous mrs mazel i do they have a uh, yeah they have a um i forget the name of the housekeeper but she's a german woman i believe
1: or is she polish hmm, now i gotta look it up let's see
0: <laughs> that show's pretty hilarious oh i love Close it yeah oh tony Shaloub, he's anything he does is he's he's such a great actor
1: <laughs> let's see her name is zelda yeah okay not right. important
0: not important but,
1: yeah. not important, but <laughs> if that's who you want to model her on uh, uh by all means um let's see. We got uh an additional he bowls once a week at the Midtown Lanes, just establishing kind of where he bowls cuz later on it talks about bowling a little bit, but it uh adds that information a little bit earlier on. Um I'll let me some bowling. I think in the exactly. original it
0: just says the bowling alley, it doesn't say Midtown Lanes, so just to try mm. to you know, add a little bit of um description specificity and, uh, detail yeah yeah
1: exactly <laughs> yeah Stephen King loves to be very very specific it's never he's having a hot dog he's having a Nathan's hot dog yeah he's never drinking a soda he's drinking a coke he's always uh, you know very it's all it's a part of just a step, making the story seem much more specific and more real kind of which I always love right yeah, uh, yeah that,
0: that, that's what I like about him too just lots and lots of detail you know? he, exactly he really paints a picture Yeah, and even
1: more so in this version, like, where it says, uh, um, ba-ba-ba-ba, he, uh, just sort of describing Jake's general school life, uh, so that went too far back. Um,
0: Well, he has no friends, only acquaintances. He has never bothered to think about this, but it hurts him. That's real sad.
1: Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Mrs. Greta Shaw, better than the rest of them, but gosh, is that ever a consolation prize. Another... (laughs) addition there um let's see cuts off the bread crust so that when he eats them in gym period four he looks like he ought to be at a cocktail party with a drink in his hand instead of a sports novel or a clay blaisdell western from the school library uh Hmm. that's another addition kind of establishing exactly what kind of books uh jake is reading um
0: i wonder if um those Clay Blaisdell Westerns, which I don't know what they are, but I wonder if that was kind of an inspiration for Stephen King for this mm. book, right? This is a kind of a Western
1: in its own way. It? Yeah. Clay Blaisdell. Huh. seems like it's a character name.
0: Uh-huh. So that's like saying, uh, Clint Eastwood West or something.
1: Yeah interesting it seems to be a book called warlock from 1959
0: interesting western that's called warlock so that's kind of very similar to this and like a a western with a sci-fi spin to it
1: oh maybe not
0: sci-fi fantasy i guess is a better way to say it
1: oh actually hang on apparently this is a movie um hmm. now i'm having trouble finding it I assume Clay Blaisdell was the author B-L-A-I-S-D-E-L-L yeah, let's see, Clay Blaisdell Western huh interesting I'm not finding a book for this but it seems like it's actually a movie huh I wonder curious all right well there we go. Um,
0: yeah, I guess more research is needed on Clay Blaisdell West- Western. But anyway,
1: that's just precisely
0: what he what he reads in the uh, that in sports novels. Exactly. <laughs> I I wonder why he eats his lunch during gym class, uh, not during you know lunch period. But
1: <laughs> that is curious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Probably not that important. Hmm.
1: Um, but interesting that he seems to you know kind of uh go by his own rules more or less um yeah. let's see so goes down the street uh his mother leaves cab fare but he walks every day that it doesn't rain uh I, sweet. Also, I also
0: just wanted to note that his father smokes four packs of cigarettes a day that's a lot and he also exactly does does the old coca-cola every once in a while so
1: precisely <laughs> unsurprisingly yeah And it definitely seems like jake doesn't really like either of his parents so the way that he's talking about them it's all kind of negative connotation words just said in a factual way
0: yeah but he's very observant he sees yeah. what his parents are doing you know much exactly like, uh any neglected child's will it's like look i know exactly what's going on here mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just really sad whatever it's indeed
1: about. indeed
0: so, yeah, he's hit the bricks. Indeed. He takes a walk every time when it's not raining. He's got his bowling bag. Indeed. Um, oh, actually, he doesn't have his bowling bag this time.
1: Okay. True. In the in the new version, uh, sometimes his bowling bag, although mostly he leaves it in his locker, uh, is an addition there when he's talking about swinging his book bag. Uh, girls have started to notice him. Um, he likes geography and bowling, and let's see. But the pin-setting machinery doesn't use his father's brand, which is interesting. Um,
0: yeah, I guess. So his dad is, is an ad man, basically. He's selling commercials. On
1: TV. Oh, is that what it is? Uh, I'm,
0: I'm assuming that's what that meant, because, you know, his father's brand, it's, it's uh, the, the brand that he sells for the, the TV network. Ah, okay, so, so so his dad is reminding me of oh the, uh, he
1: owns stock stuff. in a pin setting company, so right I, I, so I think that's more of like just sort of his his portfolio I guess maybe that he must talk or talk about around Jake the I don't know if that's his actual job though.
0: I was thinking he's kind of like a Don Draper type, you know, oh. with, uh, like Mad Men.
1: Gotcha. Because I know at some point he talks about uh, his father. Oh yeah, his father makes a great deal of money because he is a master of the kill. That is, placing a stronger show on his network against a weaker show on a rival network. So he must be involved in programming then.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so. d- definitely... I want to go through all of this first, um, but I do... Have you been kind of getting the feeling that Jake almost seems like a small boy analog of Roland in some ways? Of the gunslinger, I should say. Because definitely... Oh, damn it. I think we don't really know any of that information yet. But I should say that just in terms of, you know, he prefers walking. He prefers taking the stairs. He doesn't want to take any shortcuts. He doesn't want to take the cabs. Uh, Girls have noticed him, but he doesn't seem as interested in them, much like... Uh, the gunslinger there um he
0: he's very see, observant Like the very slingers, observant
1: so. yeah he uh let's see. he kind of acknowledges the things that are going on in his life but he doesn't seem to have too much emotional connection to them uh yeah. so yeah Perhaps jake
0: is on on the spectrum too as i was kind of theorizing before could be could be uh, <laughs> He's he's very, yeah, like, very matter-of-fact and kind of... Yeah, much more kind of comfortable routine. with
1: adults than he is with other kids. Uh,
0: Which, that's another kind of, hmm. um, thing that goes on with autism. You'll find that kids... Like, they have a hard time relating with kids, but sometimes with adults that they really um, are drawn to. Precisely. I don't know why I'm, I keep making these comparisons. Maybe it's just... I like, like it. I love this head. theory, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, let's see. So doesn't use his father's brand um he passes bloomy's another uh adi- change to you know make it more specific here uh yeah, so that
0: brendy's in the original or Brendio's. owes brendy's assuming yeah. that's a, a more antiquated uh, uh, store that's not really a brand yeah brand. i wonder if
1: that's one that went out of business and so he was stevie king went back and he was like all right what's a, a store that still exists or at least that people would still know about um yeah. But yeah, we get the uh, the quote-unquote statues who are selling, selling clothes, the mannequins that have six-button Edwardian suits and fur coats. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so interesting, the, the little glimpses and non-sequiturs we've got. Uh, these models, these mannequins, are perfectly professional, and he hates all professionalism. He is too young to have learned to hate himself yet, but the seed is already there. And here's another change we've got. Uh, In the new version, it says, Given time, it will grow and bear bitter fruit. And in the old version, it says, The seed is already there. It has been planted in the bitter cleft of his heart. So, interesting kind of... I feel like the old one kind of implies that a seed will grow, but this one makes it more clear. Given time, it will grow. And bear bitter fruit. I feel like that, the bitter fruit... uh, sort of metaphor I feel like uh, is worth the change I would say
0: yeah I agree And it's mm. just you know um, kind of um, alluding to depression that he has and that uh, later on in life it, you know it, it's horrible when you see kids that, that kind of hate themselves and it's like, come on buddy you're great mm. you know <laughs> exactly.
1: indeed very sad
0: but yeah th- when things happen at home it, it does have Lasting effects for kids.
1: Precisely.
0: Jake is definitely a product of that. Uh, alright, he comes to the corner. Big things happen
1: here. So, I always forget how, sort of, how fast we get here, but, uh, yeah, he gets to the corner, a little bit more specificity with the blue and white buses, yellow taxis, uh, instead of just being buses and taxis. Uh, It's just a boy, uh, and then he sees the man who will kill him out of the corner of his eye. It is the man in black, and he doesn't see the face, only the swirling robe, the outstretched hands, and the hard professional grin. Which, in addition there, the hard professional grin. uh, He falls into the street with his arms outstretched, not letting go of the book bag which contains Mrs. Greatest Shaw's extremely professional lunch. There's a brief glance through a polarized windshield at the horrified face of a businessman wearing a dark blue hat, and in the band is a small jaunty uh feather. Somewhere, a somewhere a radio is blasting rock and roll. Uh, an old woman on the far curb screams, and she's wearing a black hat with a net that is a mourner's veil. Uh, it's a this whole like hyper awareness that Jake seems to have in his final moments here. I don't know if it's. I mean also probably because he's being hypnotized so he's remembering much more things than he would normally remember but it's just fascinating seeing all of these he sees every single by- bystander he sees who's inside of the car uh like and just I love this uh this quote that seems very little kiddish is this how it ends before he's bold better than 270 so just the things yeah, it's, that it's you the- think about there yeah
0: I just I thought of that and I was like, wow, Jake is a really good bowler. Um, mm. I, I've the best games I've I'm a pretty good bowler and best games I've ever gotten are uh, I've gotten some two seventy nines over time mm. and that's when you get uh, uh, all strikes but one nine spare mm. two seventy nine really it's a tough uh, tough score to get. So Jake's pretty darn good,
1: indeed. <laughs> yeah, certainly better than I was when I was his age. I went bowling like for a few months i guess and i don't think i ever got better than you know 200 so i was definitely not great
0: my average now is about 200 oh nice pretty good Mm. yeah but i was gonna say um this is also kind of an example of that well sort of an example of that king shadowing that Mm. you're talking about because um like he says it right away um, i'll
1: see he sees the man who will kill him yeah
0: yeah, he sees the man who will kill him, and you're like, what? And then he goes into like, great detail of what is exactly happening, and it's kind of like that, you know, your life flashes before your eyes kind of mm. thing, but instead of his life, it's just everything that's going on in that uh, brief moment before he gets
1: run over. Exactly. Much more kind of <sighs> scientific, almost, way of light, your life flashing before your eyes. Like, instead of the literary personal sense of seeing the story of everything that you've been thus far it's a much more of everything in the world that you can see is stamped onto your brain and memory yeah yeah Yeah, i imagine
0: in in your last moments you're you're gonna kind of really take in everything because like you know that this is it and you're like oh my gosh okay i need to like look around and experience everything that's going on because this is my last chance you know I don't know. I've never died, so I don't know how it's like, but uh, I'd imagine it could be like that. (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Although I did almost die, and I can can tell you a lot of uh, moments from that car accident that that really just flashed in that brief, brief second before we got
1: ahead. Exactly. I wonder if it's something to do with almost the adrenaline uh, coursing through your brain and making your mind much more aware of your surroundings is sort of like a fight-or-flight evolutionary response.
0: Yeah, probably
1: but yeah so the and then a big blue 1976 cadillac with white wall firestone tires uh passes over him the car is almost exactly the same color as the businessman's hat it breaks jack's back mushes his guts to gravy and sends blood from his mouth in a high-pressure jet so, in, in the original, it was a big blue 1976. Oh, no, it's, it's still 76. Uh, it just says 16-inch uh, wheels, not necessarily the white wall Firestone tires. Um, yeah. And more detail. Exactly. Originally, it was the Cadillac's gaming headlights uh, are now Cadillac's flaming taillights. So, very, I mean, flaming makes much more sense that usually your taillights are red, right? So... I don't know what gaming right. taillights would even imply um yeah so it he turns his head the other way and in the original he sees a yellow ford new version he sees a gray ford probably just to uh iron in that yellow cars are taxis eh. but right. yeah so let's see. it comes to a stop uh screaming stop inches from his body uh Black fellow who's been selling pretzels uh, is coming towards him on the run. Uh, blood squirts out of his nose, eyes, ears, rectum. His genitals have been squashed. It's just such like a hard and overly specific kind of description of being run over by a car. And then uh, he, but then immediately after that, he wonders irritably how badly he skinned his knees. He wonders if he'll be late for school. Just the things, the the worries that kids have, and you know, kind of. Uh, counteracted with just this absolute terror of just exactly what's happening to him right there. It's well, he's heartbreaking. Also
0: he's, in, he's in shock, so like uh, he's not really aware of the pain that he's in, or it's, it's just such bad pain that it, he doesn't even register it.
1: Exactly. Oh boy. And then somewhere a terrible calm voice, the voice of doom, says I am a priest, let me through an act of contrition. He sees the black robe and knows sudden horror. It is him, the man in black. Uh, Jake turns his face away with the end of his strength. Somewhere a... Somewhere a radio is playing a song by the rock group Kiss. And he sees his own hand that has never bitten his nails. And looking at his hand, Jake dies. So, just this, like, beautiful little vignette of... uh, It's amazing just that you can imagine that roland is just sort of hypnotizing jake for the sake of knowing where he was last and without knowing it jake gives him a microcosm of his own life just in the point where leaving his house to walk to school and basically we only really in terms of plot i guess of this uh flashback it's really only goes from him going from his home to down uh, a few blocks and as he's walking I guess I assume he's thinking about all of these things of his parents and what his life is like at school and it goes from lunch bag to what's inside the lunch bag to how he eats it to uh, it's just amazing the way that from it's almost like uh each individual kind of aspect leads you on just your train of thought to describing all of the things around it and I feel like it's such a beautiful way of kind of encapsulating Jake while still being very specific of what's happening to him in this moment
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I had a question on sure. um, he, sees his, he sees his own hand trailing on the pavement um, does that mean he's being like dragged somewhere or trailing just mean like it's behind him
1: I think it's and just behind like, him, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I was, I was like, is the Man in Black dragging him somewhere? What's going on?
1: Mm, um, and then the other
0: question I have, Yeah, but I, I guess trailing just means it's behind him. So. Yeah. Um, but he has never bitten his nails. He, like, specifically says that, and it, I was like, huh, that's a, a weird thing to, to throw it in the end there. Um, because he just said that, you know, this is a depressed boy who's neglected. You'd think that you would have that kind of nervous anxiety of someone who would bite their nails. Hmm. So I was just curious what you thought about like what that last little sentence even meant. He has never bitten his nails, but just detail.
1: To, I mean, a detail, but also I feel like it's almost a matter of saying that both he either is the kind of person who will only use like you know nail trimmers and being very like cautious and um i mean not really specific but like almost using the correct tool for the job yeah fastidious exactly um it's either that in another parallel to the gunslinger in saying that you know um the way that he's the type of person to straighten uh uh, bad paintings in motel rooms or whatever that he's right. a very kind of almost OCD type uh, personality that he doesn't want to bite his nails but he's just gonna keep them looking exactly the way that they're supposed to or it could just be uh, another sign of him having grown up with so much money that is, he might literally have a person whose uh, job it is to clip his fingernails every day or something Right.
0: Huh. or so, maybe Jake gets or, or like...
1: manicures or something
0: yeah, or, or maybe, you know, he died before he kind of experienced all these things in life that would lead one to, to bite their nails and, and have that kind of... It's like, oh, he, he you know, he's born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And never exactly. Seen, um, that kind of uh, anxiety and stuff. Mm. Everything's kind of been handed to him, um, although he is neglected, too. But. Exactly. Anywho.
1: Anywho, now right. we're back to the, back to the gunslinger and what he thinks of this whole thing. Uh, basically, you know, uh, kind of lets us know that Jake isn't literally saying all of the things about what he knows about his parents' private lives and the stuff about, uh, hating himself, but that more just came through when the gunslinger's, uh, impressions of what Jake is telling him. So, this isn't a literal transcription of what Jake is saying. So... Okay
0: own sense of bewildered dichotomy I think. Mm. That's
1: Interesting, which i like yeah uh let's see and, oh here's a fairly big change here we've got uh the the fact that there had never been such a city as the boy described in the original yeah. or if so it had only existed in the myth of prehistory but in the new version it says unless it was the mythic city of lud so Little bit more specificity. We're, you know, talking about what a specific city is called. So. And yeah, um, perhaps now
0: we'll see Lud later on. I don't perhaps
1: know. we will. Perhaps we will. Uh, but it was disturbing. It was all disturbing. He was afraid of the implications. So, another change here we've got is when he asks uh, if you want to remember or forget, the boy says forget promptly. Uh, in the original, I'd led, which. Much more antiseptic and kind of what you would expect a sleepwalker... I mean, not a sleepwalker, a hypnotized person to say. In the new version, it says, When the blood came out of my mouth, I could taste my own shit. Which is... Oh, God.
0: Yeah, so it's just, like, really um, explaining why he really wants to forget this. He's like, I don't want to remember that ever again, please. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Ooh. Which, I mean, also, it makes you think, Alright, so... It's good to forget all of the blood and guts and the terror and everything, but on the other hand, now Jake sort of feels like he appeared here out of nowhere. But I do suppose that's kinder, really, rather than having him know, okay, I died, and that's what brought me to this place. So, either... I feel like there are two different directions we could go with this. Either A the man in black was there and he did some sort of magic that brought both of them to the way station where they are now, or B we literally are in the afterlife here. So which possibility do you think is more likely?
0: I, w- I was thinking the afterlife, um, hmm. but now I'm kind of leaning towards the other thing you said, because I never even thought of it that way. I thought it was just like, both these guys are dead and kind of figuring things out. Um, but clearly the-, the man in black has something to do with why they're here which i don't know yet true Um, but i mean to
1: be fair we never see the man in black actually get hit by the car or in hurt in any way so it's not like they both died and they both ended up here
0: oh oh, i I thought you were talking about um uh the gunslinger and
1: uh oh oh gotcha 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 okay i thought you meant the man i I thought you meant just now the that the man in black and jake both died at the same time
0: oh no no no. i i feel like the man in black is able to kind of travel to all these dimensions um, like you know death with the with his big scythe kind of just going around um, to different places so to me
1: mm.
0: he, or, or perhaps Jake was the only one who saw the man in black and, and none of the other people on the street even saw him he's just sort of the angel of death and the only people that can see him are those that are about to die
1: could be could be so,
0: and that's mm. why he can be in you know the desert, the way station, but also in these other um, realities. As
1: well.
0: hmm. dimensions, I don't know.
1: <laughs> True. Worlds of um, some kind, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, forgot, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah.
1: Kev, have you ever been hypnotized? I have not. Have you?
0: Uh, I have not, but I've, I've once seen it um, done on a, in like a little presentation. Mm-hmm. It was pretty amazing to see, because I, I, was, I was like, this is bullshit. I... I I don't think this is real at all but then i talked to the people who were like on stage because the guy just asked for random volunteers and uh, i talked to them afterwards i was like what did did you see what was it like and they're like i don't remember anything i was like you don't remember getting up and like clucking like a chicken like the guy was telling like no i did that so i was like whoa i guess this is kind of real that you can Hmm. hypnotize people um so I, I just was wondering if if you if it ever happened to you. I kind of want to experience it, but I don't know. It seems a little creepy.
1: A little, creepy. <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Yeah, definitely you're kind of giving away control of yourself uh, in a lot of ways. So definitely, you know, control freak like myself would not be a fan. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure it would be fascinating, and at least in terms of maybe you know the way hypnotism is used in like a psychiatric sense of you know kind of dealing with trauma that you might have been uh suppressing or let go of some of your compulsions in some ways yeah or remember things yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but yeah so uh let's see what else do we have um a couple of you know small additions in every other sentence a couple of times it seems uh Let's see. Go over and li- go ahead and lie down, and then add it in if it do please you. So a little bit more of the yeah. you know vocal mannerisms of uh, the gunslinger and his world in general. Yeah, um, yeah we we, so we still, still haven't.
0: A little more courteous to to Jake instead of exactly. Go lay over yeah. if if you want to do that. Yeah, if you want. You've to. had a tough day, buddy.
1: Exactly. So and then um, let's see here we go. So, there was a deadly feeling about him. The stink of... In in the original, it says, the stink of predestination. In the new version, it says the stink of yet another trap. He did not like the feeling, but he liked the boy. He liked him a great deal. So, yeah. Predestination, yet another trap. I mean, potato-potato, more or less, but just sort of like instead of a kind of a deja vu sense, this a yet another trap kind of shows that the gunslinger kind of sees the way that the man in black is is using all of these people that the gunslinger is going to sort of have feeling towards, like first Allie and now Jake, and yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, like it's the amazing feeling.
0: the things that I just like read over and then you're like, oh, this is how's like oh, okay, cool. I, I, that's why it's fun doing this with somebody else because. A lot of times when I read a book, I just kind of like plow through it rather than mm, kind of like really thinking of, of every moment. So this is a lot of fun, kid.
1: A lot of fun, definitely. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the whole point of this thing. I mean, the it's not just kind of anal retentive OCD kind of going through and being like, all right, I want to figure out exactly every single thing that's different between the old version and the new version. But it's also about kind of why he made these changes. And I feel like, you know, it's... Uh, it kind of tells a little bit about the the reason why Stephen King kind of wanted to change the book, making, you know, a word here, a sentence there, little changes on every single page of this book that I still cannot get over, that I have, I have not come across a page yet that has zero changes on it. So I'm still waiting for a point where Stephen King is like, no, yeah, that whole point, that whole part is good. But no, still, there's been uh so many like tiny little things um like here's another one uh here's another great sentence the gunslinger watched him for a brief time thinking of his own boyhood which usually seemed to have happened to another person to a person who had leaped through some fabulous lens of time to become someone else and in the original it says to a person who had jumped through some osmotic lens and become someone else so hmm. basically, it almost seems like in some cases he's adding more specificity, but in other cases he's like, oh, that word osmotic, what does that even mean? We'll just call <laughs> it some fabulous lens.
0: <laughs> so well, It, it I, doesn't work. I mean, osmosis is, you know, the passing of water through a membrane, and that's really not hmm. what's
1: happening here. You know, well, I mean, he's passing through some sort of a membrane, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, the membrane of time, I guess one could say. But still, it's the, yeah, just passing through an osmotic lens, but it, you know, doesn't, it? it's, I guess, confusingly worded is a good way to put it. But then just saying through a fabulous lens of time seems, yeah. you know, just a little bit, a little bit easier to understand, I, I guess you could say. I um, guess he was
0: thinking a lens that is, you know, semi-permeable. It does not allow all things through.
1: Sorry. Yeah, almost sort mythology. of like... Yay. Uh, precisely yeah it's like some sort of a bubble that a person could walk through hmm. but here we get uh what i feel like you could consider almost our first sci-fi reference of the book um where we've got this uh stainless steel machine uh in the back of a small dark room it was untouched by rust or rot Looked like a butter churn. At the left, a chrome pipe jutted from it, terminating over a drain in the floor. He had seen pumps like this in other dry places, but never one so big. He could not cont- contemplate how deep they and, new version edition, some long gone they must have drilled before they struck water, secret and forever black under the desert. Why? Why hadn't they removed the pump when the way station had been abandoned? Demons, perhaps so he pushes the on button and the machine began to churn after ha- perhaps half a minute a stream of cool clear water belched from the pipe and went down the drain to be recirculated perhaps three gallons flowed out of the, pu- flowed out of the pipe before the pump shut itself down f- with a final click this was a thing as alien to this place in time as true love and yet as concrete as judgment with a capital J uh, a silent reminder of the time when the world had not yet moved on it probably ran on an atomic slug and as there was no electricity within a thousand miles of here and even dry batteries would have lost their charge long ago. And in another edition, it had been made by a company called North Central Positronics. So sort of we have this kind of sense of this pump that is untouched by rust or grime. It has this chrome pipe sticking out of it and it to me, it just gives this very kind of a sci-fi feel to what has been thus far a fairly kind of a fantasy western so far. So we're right. we're adding a few more genres to the soup going on that is this book.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems very uh, anachronistic to exactly. uh, what's going on there. It's like, whoa, why is this, you know, stainless steel um, mechanical thing in a... Western, where where we've got coaches and, and you know, batwing doors and stuff. And it's like mm. hey, minute, There's this thing ran on electricity. This is some sort of technology here. Now, exactly. Nice yeah,
1: her. yeah. He's talking <laughs> about you know electricity, dry batteries, like things that you wouldn't think that you know a cowboy would would know about. So, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just also I love that even though you would think like it seems like. Stephen King is deliberately making a lot of choices when it comes to The Gunslinger. Like, he never says the word cowboy because that invokes a whole different kind of mental picture. But even though the idea of a person who's wearing all leather, he has uh, this hat on, he's got his guns, he's got the the description matches what you know technically the definition of a cowboy is but calling him a gunslinger gives him this sort of a much more menacing kind of vibe and gives him a much more serious kind of sense i don't know that's just something i was I, I, the word cowboy that i just said made me think like no he's not a cowboy he is a gunslinger so yeah um yeah,
0: so his his life is not about you know Rustling cattle. His life is about killing people. I mean, yeah. right. That's that's what a gunslinger will be doing. But it also seems like he kills people um, based on kind of judgments that he makes about them. Hmm. Like he doesn't do just do it, you know, willy nilly. Just oh, I'm just going to shoot up the town at all. He really made a very. He was there for many days before he kind of. And also, he was being attacked. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the. Only, he was like, okay, I guess I have to. The trap has been sprung, and I have to do this. So he will pr- protect himself and kill people if he needs to, but he's not like a, a serial killer or anything. You
1: know? Exactly, he's definitely on the lawful side. He's not chaotic.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I took that test, and uh, when I saw you posted, and you and I almost got the exact same thing. We are both neutral good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more lawful. You're a little bit more good. So it's interesting. <laughs> So yeah, let's see. Um, what was I gonna say so far? So he go, uh, gunslinger goes into a little bit more description of the boy as he's kind of watching him sleep. Uh, he remembers Zoltan, the the crow, uh as he's uh, thinking back, uh, and then uh, yeah. So as he's sort of watching, oh yeah, great.
0: I was just gonna say I like that they throw that in because. You ever just be like thinking about something else and you're like oh now i remember crows. You know, his just... name
1: was zoltan son of a bitch <laughs> yeah. that was bothering me
0: <laughs> it's a total like yeah non-sequitur to what's what's exactly. going on and it just like pops into your head like oh right uh, michael j fox is in that movie." That's his name.
1: <laughs> <Or> whatever <laughs> yeah so definitely you know uh, just showing the train of thought very realistically which i love um and then as he's thinking there um let's see. Uh he was hot, but he no longer felt sick. The nursery rhyme occurred to him again, but this time instead of his mother, he thought of Court. Court an, 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 an ageless engine of a man, his face stitched with the scars and bricks and bullets of blunt instruments, the scars of war and instru- and instruction in the arts of war. He wondered if Court had ever had a love to match those mom- monumental scars. He doubted it he thought of susan and his mother and of martin that incomplete enchanter so it seems like a
0: lot of things are coming back to, like he he remembers Zoltan, and then as he's remembering the rhyme he's starting to remember all these other people from his yeah. past so it's like his 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 memory is starting to click exactly. at this point and it seemed like it's clicking after he's talked to jake like hmm. that, because the boy remembered all these things it's making him um, remember all these things
1: Exactly, yeah. Memory is a huge uh, theme in this uh, this chapter, yeah. And I feel like... I mean, I, I probably was skipping ahead there, but just listening to Jake's story kind of reminded the gunslinger of his own childhood, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a couple of changes in there. The ageless engine of a man is new. Uh, in the original it said his face was hem-stitched with scars, which I guess makes sense. Like, you know, the... The, the, his stitches almost sort of look like sort of needle and thread kind of stitching, um, but mm-hmm. I would agree, kind of an unnecessary word. Uh, the instruction in the arts of war is uh, is new there, kind of just to hammer in again what Court's role is in teaching the gunslinger how to sling guns. Uh, and then in the original it said he thought of Aileen and of Martin. But in the new version, he says he thought of Susan and his mother and of Martin. So we've got a few more uh, characters that Stephen King may have uh, written out of existence when he kind of kept going with uh, rewriting Roland's past.
0: Yeah, I noticed that that he kind of changed some names or or like added a couple names. So obviously none of these names mean anything to me um, Hmm. yet. But I was like, oh, I wonder what that means. Did, did, did these names not come back? Or did he want to like change the memories? I, I mean, I guess I'll see.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Exactly. Uh, here's another one with a bunch of changes in here. Uh, so in the original it said, um, he was not a, the gunslinger was not a man to dwell on, his, on the past. Only a shadowy conception of the future and his own emotional makeup saved him from being, from being in the original, Uh, being a creature without imagination, a dullard. And in the new version, from being a man without imagination, a dangerous dullard. So, yeah, another, like, sort of... I guess, heightening sort of the gunslinger's sense of himself, sort of, rather than just being a creature without imagination, a dullard. Just turning him into a man without imagination who is a dangerous dullard. So... A little bit more I don't know. Uh just a little bit more specificity there, I guess. And just kind of highlighting just with his skills and but without any imagination, he would be like extreme extreme lawful neutral, I guess. Like killing without any kind of heart or thought behind it. Whereas he because he has that imagination, it puts him a little bit closer more on the good side, I would say. Uh yeah. So, each name called, called up others. Uh, in the original, we've got Cuthbert, Paul, the old man Jonas, and Susan, the lovely girl at the window. And then, new version, we've got uh, Cuthbert Elaine, the old man Jonas, with his quavery voice, and again, Susan, the lovely girl at the window. Such thoughts always came back to Susan, and the great rolling plain known as the Drop, and the fishermen casting their nets in the bays on the edge of the clean sea. So, so way more description there with, oh yeah that whole thing is added yeah the end part uh, with the drop and the clean sea. the drop in the clean sea and the fishermen yeah like this is all i can just sort of tell you now um that stephen king kind of went into more detail about what sort of the gunslinger's history with susan is and he sort of brings it back here to just sort of flesh out what his what he would have been thinking it, it, at that point i guess so it's interesting kind of seeing you know here is what he, the original is what he wrote before knowing kind of what susan's deal was and then once he kind of had some time to think back on it and sort of rewrite uh the gunslinger's history he adds in all this information about the fisherman and the drop and the clean sea and all that stuff so fascinating right. the drop off <laughs> so yeah (laughs) so yeah we talk a little bit more about uh, Sheb the piano player about how he had known those places although the gunslinger had only spoken of them that once Uh, Sheb had been fond of the old songs and had played them in a saloon called the Traveler's Rest Uh, in the original it was just sort of thinking of uh, the piano player had been fond of those old songs and Dead, all dead and tall by his hand. So, well, the, all dead and tall by his hand is in the new part as well, but in terms of talking about the old times and blah, blah, blah. Uh, kind of referring something to I another noticed, change that was made previously, yeah.
0: Yeah, something I noticed there was uh, uh, when he said, it, once played him in a saloon called the Traveler's Rest. Um, so this is now talking about, I think, his first time meeting Sheb. Precisely, the, back with Susie. Others. Yeah. Yeah, the other saloon was it was called Chips, right? Intel. Yeah,
1: so exactly, yeah. Yeah, so definitely a different place than, uh, you know, the place in Tall, definitely. So yeah. then we've got a little song, Love, oh love, oh careless love, see what careless love has done. And that is a real song, much like uh, Hey Jude, which I didn't realize. Uh, let's see, careless Whatever love. Kiss song.
0: I, I was wondering what Kiss song was playing. Yeah. Rock and roll all night and party every day.
1: <laughs> it was True, Beth's I feel like uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a deep cut <laughs> Like, <laughs>
0: well, I think he said a rockin' song And Beth is certainly a ballad
1: <laughs> mm.
0: let's Detroit see. Rock City
1: Detroit Rock <laughs> City, another great one yeah. Hang on, so here we go It is by Bessie Smith, uh, Careless Love um, And let's see
0: Yeah, what year is that from?
1: Uh, looking it up in real time. So we have... uh, Apparently, it's been called a 19th century ballad and a Dixieland standard. So it's uh, just an old classic, I guess. A traditional song. Uh, Recording by Bessie Smith was very popular in 1925.
0: So... Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely
1: yeah it doesn't even seem to have standard yeah it doesn't even seem to have uh, a oh wait here we go although published accounts have said, cited 1926 as the copyright date uh wc handy copyrighted loveless love as in a song called loveless love in 1921 under pace and handy musico which would make more sense if the Bessie smith version came out in 26 so very strange I mean, no, the yeah. Bessie Smith version came out in 1925, and other published accounts have labeled it 26, 21, so could be 1921, could be earlier, maybe just 1921 was when the traditional version was copyrighted. So.
0: Gotcha. Mm. And of course, W.C. Handy is referenced in the song Walking in Memphis.
1: Oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, the song the song Walking in Memphis? No, oh, yeah, that one I know. Walking oh, okay. in Memphis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: W.C. Handy I forget the uh, mark I don't know. it's
1: a fun karaoke <laughs> song I can <could> see that <laughs> true yeah, adding another little dimension to the walking in Memphis kind of like uh, old timey like uh, was W.C. Handy a songwriter or was it the publisher I guess it was the publisher yeah a composer and musician who referred to himself as the father of the blues and is a songwriter hmm. so yeah let's see so here we go we got uh jake wakes up a little later um oh no the gunslinger falls asleep after thinking uh, careless love and thinking him to himself i am the last of that green and green and warm-hued world and for all this all his nostalgia he felt no self-pity the world moved on mercilessly so another just sort of very gunslinger gunslinger internal monologue of just you know not no you know uh not feeling sorry for himself just move the world had moved on mercilessly so a little more character there um so basically he wakes up and jake is gone uh he looks outside and jake is sitting there with a kerosene lamp and he jake very smart is like we're sitting in this very dry building so i'm gonna go outside and uh you know, light this <laughs> lamp rather than possibly uh, burn the whole house down. Um, it's
0: very pragmatic. Good job. Exactly,
1: very pragmatic. <laughs> very another very similar to the gunslinger kind of uh, tra- uh, st- uh, train of thought. So, especially
0: for uh, what a nine-year-old? How old's Jake again? Or no? Did uh, it change?
1: I forget. Nine I think he's in a the l- and Well, eleven movie. The- I don't know if he's actually said specifically the gunslinger thought that he was well the original gunslinger thought he was about nine new version he thought he was 10 or 11 so he might be closer to 10 or 11 years old Um, and what
0: the gunslinger thought it's not what jake said
1: exactly and in jake's flashback i don't think it said anywhere what grade he was in or anything so let's see gunslingers like you did just right um Sits down on the porch, uh, and he thought of it something as a wonder that the porch didn't simply collapse under the combined weight. That sentence is added. Uh, Flame from the lamp shadowed the boy's face with delicate tones. Um, And then he says, uh, in the original, we have to talk. And Jake just nodded. In the new version, he says, we have to palaver. Uh, And Jake nodded, smiling a little at the word. Palaver, palaver, I don't know.
0: Uh, I also smiled at that word because hmm. I've never heard it. it was palaver <laughs> mean? Just like, like, uh, just sort of like talking.
1: Talk. Yeah, another yeah. sort of like piratey slang, kind of word. Yeah, shoot the shit. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess you know I'm on the prod for that man that you saw, and he says, uh, I, n- "I have to make him tell me something. I have to make him take me someplace where to find a tower." The gunslinger said. He held a cigarette over the chimney of the lamp and drew on it. Uh, Jake watched, and his face showed neither fear nor curiosity, and certainly not enthusiasm. So, he just says, he's going to take me to a tower, and Jake just kind of lets it pass by. But no interest in what this tower is or anything, just... uh, I mean, knowing what it is kind of makes me uh, kind of like why Why don't you ask? <laughs> but, I mean, I'm I'm also the kind of person who doesn't ask follow-up questions, so, you know, uh, I gotta uh, allow that. the it, it is also what I would have done.
0: Well, is that also the first time that the gunslinger really gives his intentions on uh, why he needs to find the Man in Black? He's like, I need him to take me to this tower.
1: I mean, it's... in terms of talking to Jake about it, yes. Uh i
0: think i don't remember him saying i I remember him mentioning the tower at one point but it was actually
1: uh yeah it was just a few pages ago um right before he hypnotized jake he says uh let's see yada 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 uh for the good the bloody good for the myth for the grail for the tower the tower stood somewhere uh rearing its black bulk to the sky and in his desert scoured ears the gunslinger heard the faint sweet sound of well I guess in this version the faint sweet sound of his mother's voice in the new version Um, let's see let's go back to the new one
0: like I said I think this is the first time it's like oh so he he wants to find the man in black so that he can take him to this tower exactly his His motivations motivations here yeah the reason why he's
1: chasing him exactly that's the first time that's been said so, yeah, in the new version, it just says, uh, the tower stood somewhere in the middle of things. And so, basically, now we're getting a little bit more information of why he's going where he's going. You know, why he's chasing the man in black. He needs him to take him to this tower in the middle of all things. So, let's see. Yada yada, da 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 da, dangerous dullard. Um, so... Basically tells him that, and then Jake, super pragmatic, doesn't ask why or where or, like, what the tower is or who the man in black is or how the gunslinger knows him. He just uh, kind of lets the gunslinger keep talking to him, and gunslinger is just like, well, if you're not going to ask, I'm not going to say. And he just says, so, I'm going to have to take you with me. Um, So, it kind of goes into a little bit of uh, uh, talking about what they have left you know a little bit of meat left a little bit of corn um and there's a cellar with uh some things down there but which uh jake knows about but apparently it smells really bad but he was afraid that the ladder would break so he didn't go down there himself so
0: this uh this little section reminded me of tolkien a little bit because obviously they go on lots of journeys in that book but it's uh (laughs) they also like go into great deal detail and like, okay, what do we need for this journey? And, and it's mm. like, we need to get this. We need to get that. We need to get prepared before we set off on our way. So I always like that because you're you not know, just like, all right, we got to go. It's like, okay, we got to go, but all right, we need clothes. We need food. We need something to ride on. Let's be prepared for this journey and not just go off willy nilly.
1: Exactly. Like, I feel like, like Tolkien, in a lot of ways is kind of like uh like first or second generation of uh, Dungeons and Dragons where they focus a lot more on like, okay, so what food did you bring? what? you know did you bring a lamp did you bring rope did you bring like it goes into a lot more of like the mundane things that you have to bring along with you as opposed to nowadays it's like all right what weapons do i have what spells do i have what's like you know just turning it into more of like a fighting game as opposed to the original was much more of like a survivalist game which i mean i'm sure people still play that way but it isn't as essential to how it goes anymore
0: yeah, and I I love that in in movies and books because I like I want to know every little detail. Otherwise, I'm just gonna sit and like conjecture about it. It's like, hmm. oh, where did they go to the bathroom? You know, <laughs> how did they sleep? Where their tents? I am I am exactly the pillow? same way.
1: <laughs> 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 it's true. the The exposition parts are my favorite parts of a lot of books, and a lot of other people do not feel the same way whatsoever. So <laughs> it's <laughs> <I'm> a big <laughs> it, fan like, of exposition. <laughs> exactly. I, I love knowing the how and the why. Ugh. Yeah. And the which, what. See, uh,
0: so, uh, Liz and I host a trivia night once a week. And uh, you can always tell the difference between my questions and Liz's questions. Because <laughs> Liz's questions are kind of right to the point, just a, a little sentence. And mine are like, let me tell you a little bit about this thing before <laughs> I actually ask you the question. <laughs>
1: Let me give you the context of the Silmarillion before I give you a trivia question about the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, that would take a while.
1: That would take a while.
0: <laughs> that would be... Hey, because I have to fit a question onto one slide, so usually, oh, true. like, it's... But sometimes it's, like, a paragraph on that slide. <laughs> like, all right, guys, bear with me. Uh, this okay. question's about the ampersand, so I have to tell you about where that came from.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're, we're, this this slide is in seven-point font. <laughs>
0: That happens sometimes, too. So,
1: yeah. Well, in any case, so Gunslinger, eye on the prize, he's going for food. So uh, he's like, alright, so there's some sort of a a basement down here. You already had some dried meat and corn that you found, so there's got to be something else down there. So he decides to go down, and uh, he says, what would you be afraid of? And the boy looked back ominously. Spooks of him coming back. Um... Oh no, that was when he's talking about how he was afraid to go to sleep. But in any case, um, so they start talking he was about afraid the man of, in
0: black. He was <laughs> afraid the ladder would break and that he wouldn't be able to get back up.
1: True. Again, That's pragmatic. Why he didn't want to go. Yeah. Mm. But then again, I wonder if that's almost like your daytime self and your nighttime self kind of expressing two different fears. Like daytime self, you're like, oh, no, I was just afraid of the ladder breaking. It's the that's the whole reason I didn't want to go down. Then at night, you're like, there's spooks and there's the dark man and there's all these other things that, you know, could come down and, uh, you know, uh, could hurt me in my sleep or whatever. So it just sort of I, I it almost feels like your rational self and your irrational self kind of at war with each other in some ways. Yeah. So. Hmm. so here we go the sale so, I guess okay so I guess this must be all oh, right they're having this whole conversation at night still on the porch and they're talking to each other so uh, gunslinger says he's going to go to sleep boy asked looked at him timidly can I sleep in the stable with you and it's just adorable like how quickly he's latching on to the gunslinger because he knows that's his only hope of safety uh mm-hmm. So definitely has this whole kind of Shane vibe of like old school Westerns of the gunslinger who's this hard and, you know, violent man. Suddenly has this little kid kind of come along with him and kind of awaken something in in our hero that he thought like, had been dead.
0: Right. And also the, that Jake is kind of he's trusting the, the gunslinger. Um he's, he's really taken to him. He says, I'm glad I didn't kill you, you know, because yeah. I, I like you. You're, you're trustworthy, and, and you're, you look like you're trying to help me.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, he said something about, uh, like, a pitchfork and all, uh, how he could have uh, stabbed him in his sleep and stuff. Here we go. They go outside, and here's a a couple of changes here we've got instead of looking up at the sky and seeing polaris and mars now uh gunslinger looks up at the sky and he sees old star and old mother so establishing you know yet again a few more differences between gunslinger's world and our world um and here we've got a little bit more of a like a flashback of his childhood a little bit uh Uh, If he closed his eyes, he would be able to hear the croaking croaking of the first spring peepers, smell the green and almost summer smell of the court lawns after their first cutting, and hear, perhaps, the indolent click of croquet balls as the Lady of the East Wing, attired only in their shifts as dusk, glimmered toward dark, playing at points. So, very, very, like, castle, upper-class, like, medieval kind of vibe that I'm imagining here and also just that gunslinger a growing up in the castle where you know he had the stained glass window in his nursery and we've got the ladies of the east wing playing croquet so clearly like it's this this whole sort of uh kind of nobility and royalty kind of vibe going on and makes me kind of think that gunslinger like is he a prince is he some sort of like a sort of a, I don't know, some sort of like a child of a duke or something, we don't know yet, but it's definitely kind of gives that vibe sort of
0: Right, just sort of hinting at it, you're like, okay this mm. is what's going on, and you're just getting little glimpses of his past yeah.
1: exactly, and another change uh, Aileen, who no longer exists anymore uh, now it's that he could almost see Cuthbert and Jamie as they came through the break in the hedges, calling for him to ride out with them uh, so yeah, so so instead of Aileen, as she come through, came through a break in the hitches, so it almost kind of seems like they Stephen King combined Aileen and Susan together almost as sort of just one romantic interest from his past, as opposed to two. Um, yeah. or at least that's what kind of I'm putting together. Uh, so let's see. The next day, they explored the cellar. So, Jake was right. It smelled bad. Uh, it had a wet, swampy stench that made the gunslinger feel nauseous and a little lightheaded. after the antiseptic odorlessness of the desert and the stable. The cellar s- smelled of cabbages and turnips and potatoes with long, sightless eyes gone to everlasting rot. And just love this description of this sort of dank cellar smell. Um, yeah.
0: Sightless eyes.
1: Hmm. And just sort of, not only that, but just sort of... Uh, all very negative connotation words and making it feel very creepy almost um, mm-hmm.
0: but it also it, it, instead of you know the desert with lifelessness there is there's some life in this desert I precisely the
1: yeah, and the uh, you know uh, after having watched uh, Planet Earth, and this is kind of how deserts work: is that the open air parts always seem very dead, but it's underground where it's it's much cooler, it's much uh, much more moisture. That's where things all live. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then right. I mean, here we go. Bad
0: smell is usually bacteria. Mold, exactly.
1: You know? you know, any kind of smell is a sign of life usually. So, right. uh, down here were spiders. Uh disturbingly big ones with mottled grey bodies. And here again we've got uh, some more slang that's been established, calling them muties, instead of just the, saying that they were mutated. Uh, and where he says, the true thread, long lost. So, basically, you know, they've been mutated to the point where n- nothing here looks like a natural spider. It's just, they've all become, um, you know, it's become the dominant genetic trait, I guess. Yeah. A copy of
0: so. a copy of a copy.
1: Exactly. Some had eyes on stalks, some might have been at as many as 16 legs. So, definitely sort of horror movie type spiders that uh, you would imagine in fantasy movies. So, peered around and just sort of waited for his night eyes. Uh, Jake calls down to him. So, here we go. We find some cans of food uh, vegetables, green beans, yellow beans, and three cans of corned beef. So, basically sweeps up uh, as many cans as he can and then on his third trip he heard a groaning in the foundations so we're going back in sort of the the fantasy direction a little bit so I'm always just sort of imagining kind of like a wheel of genres in this story like it never quite stays headed true north like sometimes it goes north sometimes it goes west to fantasy well west to western obviously so sometimes it goes east to fantasy <laughs> sometimes it goes south to sci-fi you know uh, so it's kind of always kind of spinning
0: interesting what's in the mm. middle just reality
1: <laughs> yeah i feel like that would be kind of where jake's world is and uh just dead center would be kind of realistic fiction so um so that yeah so here we go um interesting change here where he says uh instead of just the original gunslinger is just so brutal with jake he's just uh jake screams come up uh oh jesus mister come up gunslinger just goes go away <laughs> but <laughs> In the new version, he's a little bit more kind. He's like, wait outside. If I don't come up by the time you count to two, no, 300, then get the hell out. So uh, he's kind of at least giving him a little bit more uh, concern and being like, all right, just kind of, okay, if I don't come up uh, by the time you count to 300, then get out of here. But Jake screamed again, come up. Yeah, just go away. (laughs) It's just so cold. I mean I feel like the original it definitely seems much more of like a Clint Eastwood man of few words kind of uh uh what do you call Sergio Leone kind of western character whereas in the new version I feel like Stephen King has had some time to establish more who the gunslinger actually is in later books and stuff so he kind of gives him a little bit more compassion so okay. Thankfully, because just go away is the ho- is the most heartless sentence I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> As this kid is screaming for help from this uh, the the only guy that uh, could help him kind of get out of this desert, and he's yes. terrified. And Gunslinger's just like, "Go away, calmly." <laughs>
0: calmly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I was gonna say. Like Jake is freaking out. He's like,
1: yeah. go away, man. Go away, kid." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Now there is hold on da, 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 da. this
0: whole this whole thing confused me a little bit.
1: Okay. Um oh yeah, Here, before we head into that the let's see um he turned and felt a dreamy terror wash over him, a feeling both languid and repellent. And in the original version, one of the few like full sentences that were taken out, he says both languid and repellent uh like sex in the water, one drowning within another. Like, I don't know what that even means. But definitely kind of continuing with the whole theme of sort of like, you know, sex and magic kind of being interlinked within his imagination, at least. But took that one out because, I mean, maybe since then Stephen King had sex in the water and was like, oh, this isn't gross. This is awesome. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) But yeah, so here we go foundation sandstone blocks that are kind of almost falling apart and kind of in uh intersecting at a drunken zigzag angle um and from the joining of two of these obstruse cracks a thin spill of sand was running as if something on the other side was digging itself through with slobbering agonized intensity and just ugh, love that description uh Hmm. so the groaning rose and fell became louder and louder until becoming louder until the whole cellar was full of this sound an abstract noise of ripping pain and dreadful effort so then basically gunslinger just says go away Uh, and then so there's a hole in the wall as big as a coin uh, and then the spill of sand stopped Uh, the groaning the groaning ceased but there was the sound of steady labored breathing who are you? The gunslinger asked. No answer. Then in the high speech, his voice filling with the old thunder of command, Roland demanded, Who are you, demon? Speak if you would speak. My time is short. My hands lose patience. And then in the new version, he just says, My time is short. My patience shorter. Um, I don't know. That one I feel like it's sort of a six of one half dozen of the other kind of change. But also love that right here it says Roland Commanded. Like this whole time we've been talking about the gunslinger, but then finally once he's speaking in the high speech, then we get his first name. So, uh, and then... Go slow, a dragging, clotted voice said from within the wall. He felt the dreamlike terror deepen and grow almost solid it was the voice of alice the woman who had stayed he had stayed with uh, in the town of Tull, but she was dead he had seen her go down himself a bullet hole between her eyes fathom seemed to swim by, swim by his eyes descending go slow past the drawers gunslinger and then another time where i imagine uh, 2003 stephen king leaning over 1978 stephen king's shoulder and he just says also watch out for the tahine." Uh, <laughs> Exactly, that one's added. But uh, and then we go back to, while you travel with the boy, the man in black travels with your soul in his pocket. What do you mean? Speak on. But the breathing was gone. This gave me definitely like a Jacob Marley kind of vibe of right, uh, yeah, just sort of this like eerie hearing a person that you that you knew uh, speaking again from the dead. Yeah,
0: so so it's and also just.
1: Exactly, yeah, and also the, the same way, face. like, yeah, the, the same way where it says, but she was dead, he had seen her go down himself, and that sort of has this whole Marley was dead to begin with uh, yeah. kind of vibe as well. So this feels very Dickensian. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, go, slow past, past, uh, go slow past the drawers. Yeah. And so I guess that's just uh, capital D drawers, so this is another... Just like the drop and the clean sea, this is some sort of Yeah, location, and, yeah. yeah. Not like he's walking past a chest of drawers and hmm. getting close. <laughs> <doors.
1: laughs> Be careful of the chest of drawers. There's, you know, uh, men with uh, bird heads going to pop out of each one like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> <laughs> so the man in black
0: has his soul in his pocket. Ooh, Indeed. That's mean. It goes back to what I was saying, like, maybe he is the man in black and that's why he has a soul i don't know hmm. I, eh, or, I think that or it could be
1: the wrong. <laughs> or or it could be what the gunslinger was thinking where the man in black kind of left jake as a trap for him uh so let's see uh here we go a few more changes here where just a little bit more specificity um he did not want he did not want to do it but custom was strict inviolable the dead from the dead as the old proverb has it only a corpse may speak and then in the new version it says he did not want to do the next thing but custom was strict inviolable take the dead from the dead the old proverb said only a corpse may speak true prophecy so basically walked into the go- he walked uh, went to the hole punched at it sandstone crumbled easily and then uh, he pulled out a jawbone rotted at the far hinge uh the teeth leaned this way and that uh and yeah so basically jams the jawbone in his pocket pulls up the last set of cans from the basement and he's like alright he thrust it rudely into his back pocket yada yada the sun would get in and kill the muty spiders so he leaves the trap door open there um and Jake comes back gives him a huge hug so relieved to see him, um, and then yeah, I, I i wouldn't uh, I wouldn't leave that trapdoor open after
0: hearing <laughs> a disembodied voice. No, no, I would put something over that trapdoor so whatever's in there cannot get out.
1: <laughs> oh, but actually, uh, he took it with him because what what was doing the, the the demon or whatever was apparently encapsulated within that jawbone. Oh, all right. Yeah, that was what it meant by only the dead may speak. Tra- may speak prophecy. So it's almost like a relic, kind of.
0: Yeah, and just the jawbone was left, not the whole skeleton. I guess so. Yeah, yeah that's all... I guess all... That's just kind of symbolizing speaking.
1: Like, yeah, exactly, because, yeah, your jaw is the... I guess a tongue would decompose, but, like, a jaw would still... A jawbone would still be representative of speaking, but could still be, like, underground in this desert here. Hmm. Um, let's see... So, yeah, Uh, Jake gives him a great big hug. Uh, Another addition here, uh, he could feel the rapid beating of the boy's heart. So just a little bit more specificity, a little bit more showing how kind of... uh, Maybe just that the gunslinger is... I mean, uh, we could call him by his name now. He's been called Roland. Roland is feeling a little bit more empathy with Jake. He can feel his heart beating against his own... Um, uh, it occurred to him that this was begin when he began to love the boy which was of course what the man in black must have planned all along and then another additional piece of uh, you know poetic prose was there ever a trap to match the trap of love and just oh, kind of A showing just a little bit of uh, just Stephen King kind of flexing his uh, uh, literary muscles but also kind of showing Roland's kind of sense of his uh, state of mind where love is just a trap that you know, encaptures him, whereas his real goal is the tower, and that's what, the only thing he should be thinking about. So, yeah. yeah. So
0: it's in, like, anytime he has feelings in general, not just love or anything, it's 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 deviating him from his, his course. He's like, oh exactly. no, I have no time for that. No yeah. time for love, Dr. Jones!
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh... So, yeah. And then the kid actually asks, was it a demon? Uh, And so he kind of has this impression of like, I feel like if it had been me, I would have asked if it was a ghost. But it's interesting that his first his first thought is demon. And Roland's like, yes, it was a speaking demon. Uh, We don't have to go back down there anymore. Come on, let's shake a mile. So yeah, here we got another edition where it just says, "Let's shake a mile." So just you know, adding a little bit more kind of communication between uh, Roland and Jake. Um, let's see. Here we go. Basically, Gunslinger's like, "All right, uh, I lost the lost the donkey, so you're the donkey now." Uh, basically, loads Jake <laughs> yeah, up with some it. stuff. <laughs> uh, gives him the water bags.
0: You are you are Bill the Pony, <laughs>
1: sir. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Um. There you go. Alright. So. You carried around. Yeah, here we go. Um. Wear it around your shoulders like a figure carries his snake. Uh. That's another one that got taken out from. From the. Out of the. Was in the original, not in the new version. So. A little bit. Uh. I mean, A. Do people really talk about fakers much anymore I, like i feel like most readers nowadays probably wouldn't even get that reference a, yeah um
0: I, I didn't know what a faker was yeah i was thinking like wear it around your shoulders like britney spears carries a snake yeah. in, <laughs> in that video
1: <laughs> meanwhile i always think of yeah, yeah, uh, in the, in the, i always think of that picture of like you know jesus carrying uh, a sheep around his shoulders uh like around the back of his neck yeah. so yeah
0: but yeah in the new one he just says where, do, where, where are your shoulders
1: yeah see? so basically so he, he does just this. does it
0: <laughs> yes.
1: yeah uh-huh. so again roland we can't see you we're just reading <laughs> but um yeah so the boy looked at him worshipfully oh, he says the look you. quickly masked uh slung one of the bags over his own shoulder whereas in the original it just says looked at him worshipfully slung one of the bags so another kind of just a little bit showing a little bit more of the emotions between the two of them that you know he looks at him worshipfully then he kind of like tries to hide it um, so let's see basically he's like tell me the truth uh, I could can, I can't uh, carry you if you get a sunstroke so um basically wants him to be honest with him and of course Jake is trying to be trying to be a hero and carries more than he can stand so they walk out into the
0: yeah there's a there's a couple times in here where it seems like Jake is um, he's he's like stronger than the gunslinger is expecting. Mm. I, I think at one point he says that he's like keeping up with them, that he's able to, to carry the water. and He's like, I'm not going to get s-. like. He, it seems like he, he's much more capable than than the gunslinger's giving or that Roland is giving him uh, credit for.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The it's basically just all kind of uh, reinforcing the idea that Jake has this. Kind of strength within him, kind of that uh, impresses the gunslinger a lot and kind of endears him more to him. Um, let's see another little addition here. Uh, the just sort of describing him, the gunslinger had crisscrossed two more water bags over his shoulders, carried the sling of food in his armpit, and his left. His left arm holding it against his body, and then the new version says in his radar, right in his right hand, his pack, his poke, and the rest of his gunna. Kind of basically establishing that Stephen King's like, oh, I forgot about what happened to all the rest of his stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah,
0: he didn't leave that no. stuff behind. He still needs his uh, his guns and his ammo, and, uh, and his his tobacco seems to just not wear
1: out. Seriously, yeah, like he's got an endless supply. endless supply of tobacco in this thing. <laughs> Uh, either that or he only smokes, like, you know, one hand-rolled cigarette a day. And I guess he, I imagine he would be pretty, uh, you know, conservative with it. So they might be just thin little cigarettes, yeah. He's
0: good at rationing. as. as
1: yeah, exactly. And one of the most adorable parts, uh, Jake turns around and waves at the two buildings. Goodbye, goodbye. Just, oh, that's such a <laughs> little kid it's thing so to do. <laughs> uh, so...
0: Or maybe Jake is, like, while he was there, he definitely felt some sort of presence hmm. in this way station. So he's saying, and also that kids can kind of see ghosts and spirits a little better than adults in mm. many ways. So yeah. I feel like he, he had a relationship with something inside the way station in however long he was oh. there.
1: See, I never took it that way. I just took it as kids being like, you know, goodbye, New York. Hello, New Jersey. Uh <laughs> goodbye yeah exactly but you're right i mean in the the new version it kind of uh it says what you were saying there uh he turned back to the gunslinger looking troubled i feel like something's watching us something or someone no something or someone the gunslinger agreed with a not a question with a period uh was someone hiding there uh hiding there all along i don't know i don't think so should we go back go back and no we're done we're done with that place Good. good jake said fervently so n-
0: oh, okay so I, I guess i did read that part and that's what that's why mm. i thought of that it was like there, there was some sort of entity inside the house that was keeping jake company whether it was good or mm. bad
1: <laughs> true we definitely know the there was a jawbone in the basement that uh was you know pushing an air hole out in order for uh roland to hear it but um yeah it's always so weird like the the way a story, a story is told in order kind of establishes all of the the mood that they want you to feel but then retroactively you're just thinking like okay so was the jawbone digging a hole was did the jawbone was the hole kind of digging itself out independently of the jawbone like it's it's a, it's kind of weird to kind of logically think about it um or I wonder if just whatever the the demon was there was kind of inhabiting the jawbone, but then once it kind of said its piece, it, it, it left from the whole thing, and kind of departed. Yeah. Mm. So, here we go. There were three days out of the way station. The mountains deceptively clear. Uh, when Jake falls for the first time. Um. Oh no! Wait. Hey. Hang on, no, no, no. For three days out, they basically start to leave the desert behind. And he starts to see some green and living plant life. Um, Basically, you know, some grass, dwarf spruces, even willows, all fed from the runoff, uh, snow runoff from further up as they sort of get to the the base of the mountains. Um, Another Stephen King, uh, 1978 Stephen King's favorite word, cyclopean the cyclopean mountains cyclopean
0: again, yeah.
1: this time he left it in though um into the yeah. new new version um and because there has to be a change on every page uh he could see the smooth stepped rise uh of in of the desert into foothills whereas the original it just says he could see the rise so just add in toss in a few more adjectives uh let's see. Um, the boy was fine on the trail. He was tough, but more than that, he seemed to fight exhaustion with a calm... And the original...
0: boy was fine on the trail. He was tough, but more than that, he seemed to fight exhaustion with a calm and professional reservoir of will which the gunslinger fully
1: appreciated. Hmm. And admired. So yeah, in the, in the new version it just says calm reservoir of will. The gunslinger appreciated and admired. So, yeah. Oh, Alright. Kind of a potato-potato-type change, but, uh... Um... You know, just showing that... Uh... Gunslinger admires him, rather than saying that he fully appreciated it. Uh... And then... We got a couple of, uh... Contractions. Originally it was he did not talk and he did not ask questions. Now it's he didn't talk and he didn't ask questions. Um... Because, yeah, did not talk and did not ask questions, kind of... It comes out almost trippingly on the tongue that it's. it seems almost sort of robotic. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they continue on, passing some more symmetrical campfire leavings of the man in black at regular intervals. They're uh, much fresher now. And here's an addition that I love. Uh, this did not please him as much as he as he once might have believed one of court's sayings occurred to him wear the man who fakes a limp so definitely kind of saying that the man in black is kind of uh sort of leading the gunslinger on and he's faking a limp just to kind of put him into a false sense of security almost
0: uh also I just wanted to go back to the end of that last uh paragraph where he says uh um uh, the boy had been placed in his path. While you travel with the boy, the man in black travels with your soul in his pocket. And the fact that Jake was not slowing him down only opened the way to more sinister possibilities. Precisely. So he's realizing that that Jake, why does he have you know this this strength and, and reserve and like almost like uh, uh, power beyond his years? Mm. Like, is this some sort of a demon? Is this another trap that's been placed in his way by the man in mm. black?
1: could be yeah basically gunslinger is just disturbed by like okay so the trap isn't that the kid is going to slow me down and make it so i can't get to the man in black so it's got to be some other kind of trap yeah so we'll see
0: he also seems to admire the boy so that goes back to what you were saying about um perhaps this this boy is an analog of roland and you know roland's a little bit. you know, egotistical. He's like, ah, oh, this kid reminds me of hmm. me because I'm
1: awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, it also might just be pragmatically that, like, you know, the I don't know. As a kid, maybe he would have been similarly kind of keeping up on the trail or whatever. Um, we will find yeah. out in the future. Uh, so here we go. So Jake falls for the first time uh, near two o'clock on the fourth day. Okay, a little bit, a little bit better. Uh, so. Gunslinger sees it and basically kind of has him drink some water and kind of, you know, helping him out. Um,
0: yeah. Well, it says he almost fell.
1: True. Asleep, Even better, yeah. So, let's see... I'm not supposed to drink until... No, drink now. Uh, so, from now on, we rested every noon, every afternoon at this time for 15 minutes. Um, and then... Starts do, doing the, you know, the bullet hypnotism trick again. Uh, and so the boy watched fascinated. That's neat, he said. Gunslinger nodded. nodded Yar. Whereas in the original version, he just said, uh, Gunslinger nodded. Sure it is. <laughs> uh, so, and then basically, so Gunslinger starts to tell Jake a little bit of his own story, kind of as he's doing his bullet trick again um when i was your age i lived in a walled city did i tell you that the boy shook his head sleepily sure and there was an evil man the priest so here is one of the the biggest changes i think uh no the gunslinger said but the two of them had some relationship i think now maybe even half brothers so in the new version it says well sometimes i wonder about that tell you true the gunslinger said if there were two i think now they must have been brothers maybe even twins but did i ever see them together no i never did this bad man this martin he was a wizard like merlin do they uh do they ken merlin where you where you come from and jake says merlin and arthur and the knights of the round table uh the gunslinger felt a nasty jolt through him and then the original i mean that in the original he just kind of goes on uh and he says yes when i was very young but the boy was already asleep in the new version it says yes arthur eld you say true i say thank you so different word for arthur or maybe just he has different last name rather than pendragon
0: yeah it sounds like he's he's excited that that uh you know jake is understanding one of his Hmm. references it's like
1: yes you
0: get that one
1: cool i don't know he felt a nasty (laughs) jolt through him that almost feels like he was almost shocked and kind of in a disturbed kind of way to me i would have thought
0: okay so so he thinks until this point that jake is from a completely different dimension he's never heard of you know mannequins and store windows Hmm. and um huge you know buildings and all that and then all of a sudden he's like with a nasty jolt oh uh, we're from the same world just different times
1: I true or just maybe there are similar things in different worlds who knows could be different time could oh, be yeah. you know could be either way we'll see um uh so yeah so basically the boy was already asleep and uh gunslinger says jake yar uh the sound of this word coming from the boy's mouth startled him badly but the gunslinger wouldn't let his voice show it so kind of again showing that they're the boy is kind of adopting uh some of the gunslinger's words and mannerisms a little bit um yeah. when i snap my fingers which totally happens oh, totally, yeah
0: that, that totally happens with kids like oh okay this is how this person talks and i like them i'm gonna start talking Yeah. Like them.
1: yeah. exactly <laughs> so basically to show why he hypnotizes him he says when i snap my fingers you'll wake up you'll be rested and fresh do you it?" Uh, and then in the original it was Do You Understand? Um, just kind of another little uh, word showing how different this world is from ours and, you know, different uh, phrases and whatnot. So basically says lie over and takes the time while Jake is sleeping to roll himself another cigarette. Um, so yeah, there was something missing. He searched for it in his diligent, careful way and located it. The dil- The missing thing was his previous maddening sense of hurry, the feeling that he might be left behind at any time, that the trail would die out and he would he would be left only with a fading footprint? Uh, and in the original, it said he would only be left with a broken piece of string. So, more poetic, I guess, the broken piece of string, but fading footprint makes more sense when you're following somebody. Uh, right. Let's see.
0: Well, it's almost that now that now that he's with Jake, like it, it seemed like chasing the man in black was his only link to to finding someone and and, and someone to be around in this desolate wasteland. And now uh, he's got, he's got a companion, he's got Jake. So even if he he can take his time a little bit more because he's not
1: alone, Hmm.
0: you know, I don't know, that's the way I kind of saw it. And before that, he, he said he thought he was completely alone and that he was just, the man in black was his only hope of finding someone else, whether it be an evil person, it's better than no person at all.
1: Hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hmm. I I like it. (laughs) Um, So, now, again, we've got, uh, he was slowly becoming sure that the man in black wanted to be caught. Where the man who fakes a limp? So, uh, again, bringing back that new quote uh, from court saying that, you know, he's he's suspicious now, that he's really catching up with uh, the man in black. So, what would follow the question was too vague to catch his interest. Cuthbert would have found interest in it, lively interest, and then in the new version, and probably a joke uh but Cuthbert was gone was as gone as the horn of dechae, and the gunslinger could only go forward in the way he knew, so again, referencing that horn that we uh we knew we heard about from the beginning of the book, uh oh, right, right, yeah, so. Watched the boy as he smoked, thought about court some more, and Martin, who sometimes smiled, a thin, smi- silent smile that held its own disquieting gleam, like an eye that slips open in the dark and discloses blood. So, here we go. Um,
0: Oh, sorry, so that horn of Duchenne was added, I, I just
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, so it's just more things. Pretty much anything that's, like, capitalized, that's a reference that I don't understand, is an added mm. thing that's later on kind of explain exactly
1: that. or if it's you know a word like you can it or his gonna or stuff like that sort of those words were added later on in the Gunsla- gunslinger books and so um see in the dark tower books i should say and Stephen king kind of wanted to bring those in to make the whole series a little bit more cohesive um yeah so again actually so here we we go back and um So at the point where, so he starts talking about the Man in Black, and then Jake asks if he was the priest, and then, so in the original version, he just says, no, they're not the same person. Um, But in the new version, he says, I sometimes wonder about that, and if they were two, they must have been brothers, maybe even twins. But also in the new version, we established that from that note that the Man in Black's name is Walter. So, clearly his name isn't also... Uh, you know... What's his name? Um, Cuthbert Court... Martin. Yes, Martin was the name of the, the wizard, I guess, in uh, his father's court. Um, oh. Yeah, so... It's interesting that in the original version... He immediately says that this wizard is not the same guy as the man in black. But... In the new version... Yeah, he signs his name Walter Odim on that note from Allie, but then later on he says they might be the same person. So we're not quite sure anymore. Like, did he change his name, or is he going by, you know, did he not want to be called Martin anymore or whatever? Or, you know, so a little bit a uh, little bit more confusion.
0: Yeah, hmm. I, I did not pick hmm. up on that at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I,
1: it, it occurred to me just now, and I wanted to um wanted to just mention it you know he signed his name as walter Adim, and just wanted to bring it back uh into our our mind right. so, so anyway uh,
0: his mind turned back on cuthbert who had always laughed to his death he had gone laughing And court who never laughed mm. and on martin who sometimes smiled but then silent smile at its own disquieting gleam he's just sort of remembering um these people like an eye that slips open in the dark and discloses blood And there had been the Falcon, Mm. of course. The Falcon was named David, after the legend of the boy with the sling. David, he was quite sure, knew nothing but the need for murder, rending, and terror, like the gunslinger himself. David was no dilettante. He played the center of the court. Uh, I'll just finish here. Perhaps, though, in some final accounting, David the Falcon had been closer to Martin than to anyone else. And perhaps his mother, Gabrielle, had known it. So his mother's name was Gabrielle. Um, Hmm. and then he finishes with, the, gunsling- yeah. the gunslinger's stomach seemed to rise painfully against his heart, but his face didn't change. He watched the smoke of his cigarette rise into the hot desert air and disappear, and his mind went back.
1: Yeah, and that's that's another big change in the middle there. That whole, perhaps in his final accounting, up until Gabrielle, his mother, had known it, that whole thing is changed. And all, all it says is, uh, David had played the center of the court, except maybe at the end. So, it's interesting that they took took out that whole thing of, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, taking out about how David had been closer to Martin than anybody else, and perhaps his mother had known it. Um, so, I wonder, you know, what that would have, uh, or maybe Stephen King was just like, we're gonna, you know, meet his mother in a second, so I don't have to name her here ahead of time, and, I don't know, um... Mm.
0: All right, so in the original um, story, that's the end of section one in the way station.
1: Yeah, that whole thing was <laughs> section one. Yeah. That's insane. And in the... In Meanwhile, the, in the new version, yeah, in the new version now, instead of being section two, what comes next is section eight. Yeah. I like it better
0: that he splits it up a little bit more.
1: Oh, so much better. So much better. Yeah.
0: Just kind of... get You get more kind of bite-sized pieces rather than... That was a lot. To yeah, it's in. much...
1: Yeah, it's much more easily readable. Like, I feel like, you know, a person could always, you know, put a bookmark wherever they want and come back later. But just having them numbered a little bit, you know, having more chapter sections within each chapter, I guess, makes it a little bit more bite size and kind of separates each portion a little bit more distinctly than just being like, you know, all of a sudden Jake's whole flashback is italicized, uh, you know, making it a section of its own, which I feel like I agree with.
0: Oh, yeah it's like a, a new thought really or, or like something else has happened like a new day or like the, the hypnotism has just ended kind of thing it's like it, it for me as the reader i i like it definitely a lot better to uh break it up that way um so yeah uh well do you want to end there for this episode
1: yeah sounds cool. good to me yeah we'll pick it up on another flashback next week <laughs> uh yes we're instead gonna- of uh
0: we're gonna find out uh, a little bit about Roland's past.
1: Roland's eight. past, indeed. Section so eight. definitely, yeah, we've had some cryptic clues thus far. Of you know, growing up in a castle, he there were ladies at court playing uh, croquet uh, in the east wing in their in their shifts, uh, and there he was trained in, to be a gunslinger by a guy named Court. He had a friend named Cuthbert. Uh, there was a woman he knew named Susan, but we're not sure when. Um, and, in fact, there was something to do with, uh, you know, she was in some place uh, called the Edge of the Clean Sea. Um, and what else do we know? There was a falcon named David, a enchanter named Martin, and... The Horn of Duchesne. Uh, the Horn of Duchesne, yes. Yeah. So, we've gotten a few ideas here and there, but this is, now we'll finally be fully immersed in uh, Roland's world, I guess, yeah. as he's having his own flashback.
0: Also, one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, in, in the, the version I have, it's got illustrations, and the first illustration came at the very end of uh, of Tull, and it was like, after you knew the whole story, then you see um, the gunslinger and all the dead bodies, that was the first illustration. Mm. But in this one, I you turn the page, and right away, you get this, and it is so not knowing anything of section two as myself, the reader, I turn the page and there is a picture of uh, um, a man standing on a gallows uh, with a noose around his neck and two boys looking on. So that, that's more of a picture. And there's
1: crows all surrounding him. Yeah, Lots of
0: crows surrounding him. So as the reader, that's instead of like the picture kind of describing what you just read, this picture is describing sort of what you're about to read sort of, you know, hmm. kind of getting you into it. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm a child, but I, I like I like books with pictures in them.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, me too. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with having uh, getting something to kind of describe a little bit more what you're seeing and, you know, kind of getting a better idea of it. Uh, there are so many times um, in the later books, too, there are um, some pictures here and there, uh, and I'm pretty sure they might... I think some of them are have the same illustrator, James Whelan. I'll have to look into it to double check, but... um, Michael Yeah, the... Michael Whelan, Michael Whelan. But, yeah, the... (laughs) I feel like in... With other authors, I feel like seeing the illustration before, you know, the scene that's about to come down might be a bad thing, but I feel like Stephen King does this so often of kind of being like, you know... And this was the last day of Jake's life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you kind of get this like, you know, you're seeing, okay, two boys are going to watch someone get hanged. So now you're like, okay, who are the boys? Who's getting hanged? Uh, it's kind of it, it, just this evocative image is inspiring so many questions that you want to have answered really quick.
0: Right. Because I'm sure Stephen King um, had to approve where the, the pictures or the illustrations were put into the book. like.
1: I would hope, yeah.
0: I don't know if the publisher decides something like that or if Stephen King's like, no, nah, no, nah, let's put this picture right at the beginning of this section just so that people are like, mm. ooh, what does that mean? What's going to happen?
1: Exactly, yeah. It is great at a, uh, increasing... Um, suspense almost like it, it but is suspense not in the sense of i don't know what's going to happen but sense uh suspense like ooh, how does that happen what does that mean like it, it it increases the tension and the the pace almost that because you have this idea of something somewhere there's going to be a hanged person you now you want to find out ooh, who's getting hanged why where and when and so you know i'm very excited to keep reading
0: yeah me too can't wait so hopefully hmm. next time, I think we'll probably get to the end of the way station. I think.
1: Yeah. That sounds good to me.
0: Yeah, that sounds good to me too. Um, all right. Cool, cool. All right. Well, until then, um, you can check us out on, uh, Facebook, on Spotify. Uh, yeah. Also chapter com is our website. All right. Well, this has been another episode of chapter brothers. Uh, damn, I always forget what it is. Uh, Sweet days and pleasant... No, what is it?
1: Long days and pleasant nights. Long
0: days and pleasant nights, Kevin.
1: And may you have twice the number. (laughs) Love
0: you so much, buddy.
1: Love you, brother. (laughs)